Hi, this is Mish Hancock, and you are listening to Mishmash, a place where I get to talk to the weird, wacky, wonderful people of this world, people I adore and want to know more about. Today, my guest is Jamila Owens-Todd. Jamila is a naturopathic doctor with a background in research and development. She has natural products expertise and experience in formulations, chemical analysis of plants and herbs, and clean ingredients. Yay, you. (laughs) How are you, Jamila? I am doing quite well today. Thank you for asking. Well, I'm telling you, I'm so excited. I love what you do. I am fascinated with this world. Um, I'm not a person, I mean, I, I, I understand that pharmaceuticals have their place, but I would rather never go to pharmaceuticals. I'm always the person that starts with the mm-hmm. natural first, and mm-hmm. I'm happy to say I'm not on any pharmaceuticals. Right. But um, but natural to me just has always resonated and feels better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How did you How did you get started with all of this? You know, um, it's always, I think every time I'm asked that question, it changes as far as my response. All right, what's the new response? <laughs> Let's hear Today. it. Today. <laughs> no, um, because I reflect on it more. And, you know, when I think about, like, how did this start, I think it's just kind of ingrained. You know, I remember you know, if being sick as a child and my mom in the kitchen throwing a bunch of random things in a pot, you know, some seasoning, some herbs, and like, really? drink this. That's oh. what your mom did? Yeah, like honey so and lemon. Cool. Oh, my oh, goodness. Yeah. So we did that. We did exactly. the honey lemon thing. Yep. And that was always like just the key thing. If you had some respiratory kind of congestion, she was steeping like a really strong peppermint tea. And so, you know, it's like I think about these things growing up, and it was like it was always kind of there. Yeah. You know, I take it back to my grandparents who... You know, my grandparents lived on a farm and you, you got sick back then. It was like, you know, go pull up a root in the back and boil it. You didn't necessarily know what that root was, but <laughs> you know it was going to taste horrible. And it was going to knock and chase everything out of you that wasn't supposed to be in you, you I'll know. Darn. That's awesome. <laughs> so that's, uh, you know, really the, the kind of genesis of it all. And then application came, you know, an undergrad and studying chemistry even when I was studying chemistry in undergrad, I was always looking at the plants and like, why don't we talk about the plants more? Which the professors are like, okay, let's get you through organic chem, you know, <laughs> let's, you know, save your hobbies for some other time, chick, you know. Uh, <laughs> so it was just always kind of at the background. Um, and then I was able to really kind of put it into the forefront after becoming a chemist, working in the pharmaceutical industry and realizing, okay, I really need to get behind the things that I believe in. I love it. I love it. So in your practice, I mean, is there a certain um, type of, like, do you have people that have all kinds of issues or is there a place where you really specialize? And Yeah. And that's also transitioned over the years. I started my practice in 2007 and just starting out, you're just kind of, you know, wide eyed and, yeah. <laughs> you know, just like whatever comes Anybody through the comes door. To the door yeah. Let's see what we can do yeah. for you. Yeah. And then you have to do continuing education as a naturopathic doctor, like most practitioners. And that continuing education went into more like autoimmune health and neurodegenerative diseases and neurology. Okay. So a lot of my focus over the years started to transition into kind of neurological function and finding alternative and integrative methods for supporting patients with those concerns, which led me to working more with pediatrics and okay. pediatric patients with ADD, ADHD. And, and it, there was like a period of time where children were being diagnosed with, you know, um, convulsive disorders, not necessarily epilepsy. 
Okay. In addition to things like Tourette's syndrome and um, just like more extreme, but, but leaning into mental health. Gotcha. You know, so that was gotcha. where, and so these children kind of fell in the in the in between. The okay. neurologists didn't necessarily have a medication for them. They didn't want to put kids on heavy meds, and then the parents were like, "What do we do?" Right. And so that is where a lot of my practice kind of fell, and a, a, the bulk of it is still today. So still working with children, and mm-hmm. wow. So that I mean, ADHD. It's what a huge topic this yeah. is, right? Yeah. I mean, and it and it has it always been here, and we just didn't know what to call it. That we call them the hyper kids, or has it? What has happened over time? All right, I don't know how deep you want to go off into go. the <laughs> go. So I have many theories, right? Okay, I like um, theories. I'll reference a few things. There's something called indigo children. Yes, yes, I'm and familiar. Yeah, and so we think about the age that we live in just um, planetary kind of changes, vibrations. And we think about just the existence on our physical plane yes. with the over preponderance of technology. And children are, you know, we, you know, old folks say, oh, that baby has been here before, you know. Right. Children are coming here with um, a knowledge that we can't always parent or teach. Right. And I often joke about my child when she was born. I remember looking at her and she's like three months old. And I thought, I know you've been here a few more times than I have, but we're going to play this thing out like this. You know, <laughs> I'm going to be your it. parent. Right. Yeah. So this you know? go around just in <laughs> case I am the parent, just so you know. So, um, again, that that goes down the down the rabbit hole. But I think there is a component there of um, how do we parent and teach these new children and what happened 20, 30, even, you know, 10 years ago is different, but definitely, you know, 20 decades ago, you know, it's a different kind of setting. And then um, I just don't believe that children are meant to sit in the standardized didactic form of learning of just sit, be quiet and listen to this one person at the front. Right. I'm with you on that. That's hard for a lot of kids. And it's asking, you know, I mean, I sit a lot mm-hmm. in front of my computer, but I get up and mm-hmm. walk around and I'm like, you know, closer to 60. So, yeah. so you you think about kids who have so much energy. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Gosh. And not to mention, these children are usually highly intelligent. Like they their aptitude is pretty high. And so it's not that... You, that they're not getting the material. It's just this material. And I guess there's a situation in a different scenario for every household, right? Right. But in many cases, the material just goes over their head because it may be presented in too much of a simple form or it's just not reaching or, I mean, there's so many factors, right? So, um, and I, some of my favorite people are all under the age of 18. And I think often children, um, just don't have the advocacy to be spoken for and to be considered in their health journey. And it's like, this is a child, give them this and keep it on moving. You right. know, keep it pushing. So do you help the parents to understand for like an, a child with ADHD that maybe they need to be standing up in the classroom and, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know, like they need to stand up and maybe they need to be in the back because it might disrupt some other kids. But, you know, like what kinds of things mm-hmm. do you help them to do? Yeah, it's a combination. So what I do talk to parents about is teaching your child how to sit. You know, it seems very simple. We teach oh. them how to clean and teach them how to. 
but teach them how to sit still and I'll how that's, darn. it's an, that's so interesting. It's an active activity. Yeah. You know, there's something, maybe they need to find a, a point of focus or, and if they practice that at home, then they get, you know, you bribe or what I believe in bribing children, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that's how I got mine potty trained. So <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Polly pockets right. to the rescue on that one. <laughs> Polly pockets. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. So it's like, don't expect a child to know how and what to do. You know, you get behavioral therapists involved and sometimes it's just the behavior of sitting or being. And it's interesting. You want a child to sit and be, but parents, like they're doing a thousand and one things. We're not, we don't have households where we're just kind of being, just sitting right. in the park or out on the deck and just enjoying and watching a fire. We're all doing a million and one things. The child has 18 practices in a week, you know, it's like right. our lifestyles right, right, are right. so overwhelming. And then you drop a child off at school and it's like, okay, sit still for sit eight still. hours. Sit yeah. <laughs> still. Like, oh my gosh. That is a very interesting concept. I've never thought of that, teaching a child how to sit. Yeah, it's, it's. I mean, I often try to teach adults how to sit. Ah. So then there's that, right? Um and I'm saying this as I teach myself and remind myself how to sit. So it's a it's an ongoing activity that, that I think we have to be open to, that we have to all engage in and consider that as a part of our healing. That is so cool. So then what so you've got the children, they have the ADHD, mm -hmm. ADD. What other kinds of clients or mm -hmm. patients do you have? Autoimmunity is huge. That's a big uh, one with me. You're looking at it. Yeah. yeah. Autoimmunity is so confusing. It is. And it's more pronounced and presenting more in the medical arena than it had, you know, 40 years ago. Right. And we can right. look into why. The, the why of that is also definitely an exploratory area we can go down. But um, often what I say to patients with autoimmunity is that, that you're, not, you're not your test. And I think we're always looking at, did this test improve? Am I, you know, your best test is how you feel. Right. So if the swelling is reducing, the pain, the stiffness, if you're seeing some improvement uh, with some of the symptoms, then that's success. And then the test is just I there to kind of keep us on track. I agree with you. that Because, I mean, I've quit doing a bunch of tests. And what I have discovered is when I eat, mm -hmm. pay attention. Yeah. You know, and, and I've learned, like, Something that surprised me when I really put my awareness on it was corn is a no-no for me. And I mean, I was like popcorn. I, oh, I mm -hmm. love popcorn. I, I'd have popcorn a lot. And one night I was sitting there and my stomach is like, I really wish you wouldn't have eaten that. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I probably need to quit eating the popcorn. Yeah. And so I eat, quit eating popcorn and I quit eating gluten. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that, you know, I was starting to feel arthritic in my hands mm -hmm. and that's really gone down. Yeah. Yeah, and these foods, and I won't get on the gluten and corn conversation too in depth. Um, I get always angry emails after that when I talk about <laughs> certain foods that are genetically modified. And it's like, well, they're not really genetically modified. Okay, I'm sorry, they're genetically edited for those who want <laughs> to do right, some wordplay. Right. But anyway, um, so what happens with the foods is that our best kind of indicator of a pathogen or an allergen is through the gut. We are introducing foreign material essentially through the gut and digestion every right. day, every time we eat. And the body is telling us if this food resonates with us, if it works, if it's nourishing us, or if it's not for you. And it's not that gluten is horrible for everyone. It could be the overconsumption. It can be the type. You know, we have a very particular grain that grows in the United States versus in Europe or other parts of the world. And some people tolerate different strains or grains 
right. differently, you know. So there are so many factors. But um, if a food is creating a response that your body does not like, then that is an allergic response, which leads to an inflammatory response, which means the immune system is engaging in just simple digestion. Right. Therefore, that food needs to be omitted. I've seen people who were eating strawberries and found that this was causing a reaction. So, you know, then you get frustrated. Well, what do I eat? Just listen. Yeah. Make your meals simple for about a week. And, you know, rice, beans, or baked chicken and broccoli. Keep it really simple, not overly seasoned, and just observe the reaction post-meal. Yeah, and that's exactly what I've been doing. Yeah. And, I mean, how do you help people with, because this is another thing I feel with autoimmune that's like this big question mark is the Mm -hmm. whole leaky gut thing. Like, Mm -hmm. all right, if I got this leaky gut, how in the hell do I fix this thing? Yeah, um, I won't get into specific treatments, but you talked about a few things earlier. So number one is observation of what am I eating? Right. Because you can have the best, quote unquote, diet. You know, you can eat salads all day. But it may not work for you. It may not work for you. And here's the other thing I find. I I see people and they're eating salads and they're like, I'm following this meal plan, but they're angry. And I'm Mm. like, well, wait a minute. Like you're eating healthy and say, oh, I hate this. Like you're eating it. (laughs) So just think the act of sitting is a part of digestion. Sitting and being in a calm state when you eat engages a part of the brain called the parasympathetic Ah, right. right. The parasympathetic yes. versus the sympathetic. Sympathetic is the get up and go, the fight or flight. Parasympathetic is the calm. And our bodies are digesting di- digesting most optimally in a parasympathetic state. Right. So if I'm eating and I'm rushing or if I'm in my car or right. I'm sitting in the parking lot and smelling exhaust or I'm frustrated that I have to eat, you know, shove these salads down my throat every so day. So sick of these salads. <laughs> yep, yep, gotcha. You're shutting off your parasympathetic system and decreasing the ability to digest optimally. Interesting. So then there's the active, uh, what I call food hygiene. You know, digestion or nutrition hygiene is, am I enjoying what I'm eating? Right. Does it look good to me? Am I in a setting that feels good? Like that's all a part of the digestive process. And I think there's something to be said for, even though, like you said, a food is good good for you, quote, Quotes. good for you, <laughs> right. um, that it might not be actually good for you. Like mm-hmm. I've noticed for me, peppers are not a good thing for me to be eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, even though peppers are a vegetable and supposed mm-hmm. for me, they, I sh- they're not good. So mm-hmm. I just do not eat them. So I'm, I'm really, I'm learning at this late stage, but mm-hmm. finally like figuring out like what is okay and not okay to right. eat. What my body loves, like my body really likes olive oil, you know, mm, <laughs> and so, you know like what I that. mean? And yeah. so it's like, it's like, here's the things that I really want to um, make sure that I'm getting into my body, but also I, I'm feeling this need lately to diversify a bit because I've yes. gotten stuck in a rut. And Absolutely. I was like, that's also not good. You got to mm-hmm. diversify. You got to yep. get some additional types of foods in here mm-hmm. to keep you know, your body, in, you know, interested. Yes, you're <laughs> you right. Know, That's right? perfectly like, saying that. Right? Yes. Like your body is like, oh, here she goes with the <laughs> olive oil again. You know, like, can we try something else, Mish? You know, <laughs> right. but um, but I think that, you know, it's, it's putting that awareness on mm-hmm. what you eat and then awareness of what's happening after you eat mm-hmm. and being okay with, yeah. this is what I want. This is yeah. what, although sometimes, like we were talking before, your body wants sugar and, mm-hmm. and that's different. It's different, you know, but again, I'm I'm going to take a very kind of lenient approach here. I think when you crave something, it's a nourishment, it's a need. 
Um, it's a part of your toolkit. You know, we've had a very interesting past few years. I don't know what your past few years were <laughs> yeah, like. It's just been interesting. Uh, <laughs> but I think we all need some form of coping, and we need a toolbox that allows for different techniques and methods for coping. So sugar comes in, and I think we need the sweetness of life. Yeah, you, do, you need a little sweetness, just maybe not. Not in, in the form, form of, of sugar. Fish. <laughs> <laughs> but here's what I say. If you're craving sweet, then what are you doing to sweeten your life? Are you allowing yourself time to get to work you know, early? Are you taking walks? Uh, what about a bath in the evening? There's so many things to do that are coping mechanisms that are supportive for health. Right. And when we don't have those, we go to the quick, the easy Swedish fish. Right, right. So it's part of it is taking the time to expand my toolbox to finding things that make me feel good. And we talked about it earlier, you know, sugar gives you that quick dopamine response. You feel good for 30 seconds and then it goes away. Right. So therefore you need a second Swedish fish and a third, fourth, yeah. fifth, and the, you know, right. so on. It just It's just like keeps going. But if I had maybe a cup of tea and sat and, and, you know, out on the porch and watched the sun rise, or if I were able to do something that was also fulfilling, right. well, I also need that sugar, that craving. Interesting. And will it be subdued because I've done other things to subdue it? And, and so cravings serve a purpose, and they tell me I need to get up and be doing more. There's gotcha. something else that needs to be fulfilled or um, supported in my body. For me, it was ear seeds, like I told you. Yes, ear I seeds. love ear seeds. Dang, that, I yeah. had no idea that that was going to change mm -hmm. things so drastically for me mm -hmm. with the sugar thing, where the the ear seeds have been my... So yeah. they're, they're little seeds mm -hmm. on little pieces of tape that you put in different parts of, of your ear. Mm -hmm. And then what I do is I push on them a few times a day. I push on them right before I eat because I was typically yep. like I'd eat and then be like, sugar, <laughs> you know. And I was just so taken aback how, yeah. about how easy that was, how, yeah. how it made that easy for me to finally, mm -hmm. after I don't know how many Swedish fish later, <laughs> <laughs> to get rid of sugar. Yeah. I mean, it's so, ear seeds are part of, uh, it's auricular medicine, A-U-R-I-C. L-A-R, auricular, uh, which is a part of Chinese medicine. And Chinese medicine is known, if you're implementing herbs or um, acupuncture, is known to create a balance in the body energetically and to kind of shift things. Again, so if you're finding that I'm constantly craving, right. you need some support in shifting those needs within the body. That's where that form of acupuncture, the ear acupuncture, the ear seeds can be very helpful and calming. And a lot of the points in the ear you know, have a, a very kind of mental, emotional connection. Like we talked about the neurological right, connect, right. connection of yes. calming and subduing and supporting you and uh, nourishing your mental health more. So again, it's, I think they're fascinating treatments. Um, I often suggest drinking tea or the level of exercise or, right. you know, so there's so many types of uh, therapies that can be implemented to help with you and managing that sugar craving. I love it. And I got to tell you, it's you guys would be surprised those little ear seeds can hurt. <laughs> no Swedish there, fish. Huh? There are parts of your ear that when they are pushed on, it's oh, like, you oh, feel yeah. It. yeah. Ouch, wawa. So that's the other therapy, the pain, remember, you know, remembering the pain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I'm torturing myself so I don't eat this. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have, so tell everybody first where they can find you, where they can find out more about you and your practice. Oh, sure. Um, I do have a website, www 
www.minthealth.org. Mint is like peppermint, M-I-N-T, and the word health.org. And you said Mint stood for something. The Meridian Institute for Naturopathic Therapies. Love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I have some questions for you, ma'am. Uh-oh. Um, all of these are <laughs> like totally. So I noticed you went to the Canadian College mm-hmm. of Naturopathic Medicine in New York, uh, North York, sorry, sorry, North yes. York, Ontario. Yes. Yes. I have never been there. I don't know anything about this area of the world. Tell me something I should know about that area of the world. <laughs> yeah, North York is a suburb, um, kind of a suburb, suburban area of Toronto, Ontario. Toronto is uh, one of my favorite cities. I love just so much uh, about that part of the world. I enjoyed it. I brought back a Torontonian. I loved it so much. I imported imported one in with me. Okay, awesome. (laughs) But um, yeah, so there are accredited schools throughout North America for naturopathic medicine. And the majority of them are actually in the United States. I chose to go to one that was outside of the States. Part of that was because I just wanted to have that experience. And number two, I visited the school and it was immediately my home. So I knew it was the place for me. Um, Yeah, so attending that school was um, so so life-changing on so many levels, but also just being in a different country, uh, different part of the world. I love that. um, I always talk about the the being uncomfortable, right? And I love the opportunity to be as if being in America is not (laughs) uncomfortable in many areas. It's uncomfortable here right now. but but, (laughs) yeah, No, but I I agree with that. I have a whole thing about your comfort zone. Like you got to get outside of your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Cool stuff happens outside of it. So get out of it every once in a while. So I I didn't realize it was so close to Toronto and I've never been and I've always wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And what surprised me is that it's a 12-hour drive from St. Louis. In my mm-hmm. head, it was like way further than that. Yeah, it's closer to drive to Toronto than to New York City, which yeah. I have done both. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more tolls going to New York City, by the way. Um, <laughs> so if you had to go to Toronto, the border is pretty, you know, uneventful. Uh, unless you you have felonies or crimes in Canada, then I'm sure it would be more eventful. Right, but right, <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, don't... Do not have that issue, but... be a good person. <laughs> right. Don't do crazy stuff. Yeah, it's a so, it's a cool drive. If you had twenty four hours to do whatever the heck you felt like doing, what mm-hmm. would you do with it? Oh, twenty four hours. I would definitely take a two hour walk. <laughs> that would start. That would start that twenty four hour period. I would then sit out in my garden, maybe sip some tea. Uh, one of my favorite pastimes. Um, I unfortunately would probably check email an hour out of that time just because because you got to. <laughs> what, just being honest with you, I won't get on social media, but I will definitely check some email. Um, I like to golf. You know, I would maybe go around putt a little bit. Um, probably call my mom because you know she's I my sounding it. board and a fun person to talk to. I love that I can still talk to her. So. And uh, take a nap because I always, uh, I'm envious of people who take naps during the day. I don't know yeah, who these people naps are. Yeah, naps are nice. Yeah, lucky <laughs> nap people. Every once, every great once while, like on a Saturday, I'll be like, I think I'm, I'm getting kind of, I think I'm going to take a little bit of a nap. And I think that feels so good. I wish I could do it every day. Yeah, yeah. I would do a nap. And then I have about 628 shows saved on Netflix <laughs> that I never have had the opportunity to watch. So I think I would maybe watch one of those. You know how someone's always texting or calling, you got to watch this on Netflix. And I'm like, 
I'll put it on there. If, oh yeah, my point, queue is ridiculous. like crazy. <laughs> right. My queue is. In fact, sometimes I'll be like, "Gosh, it's been there for like three years. I, I know. If I should watch. It. I know. I don't know where people get time to watch this. Thing, you know, because I <laughs> I like to be in bed by nine. Yeah. So there's a, that. I go to bed early. Um. So I think I would during that twenty four hours watch some, one of those shows just to see what, if it's you know what it's about. Um. I definitely would prepare just a nice slow dinner. And I take my time, chop up a bunch of vegetables and no rush. Just be in my element, of course, with some background music, depending on what I feel that day. I love that you could answer this so quickly. Oh, oh. I love I, that you totally <laughs> knew, like, here's what my day would look like. I think that's amazing. I Because, you know, I'm working on it. You yeah. know, I joke about, like, I'm busy, but I'm working on having this, that moment where it's just a full 24-hour day where I can just curate that day to be nothing but for me and I love it so it's at my fingertips trust me <laughs> yeah you're, I love it that's awesome so one of the this show is about kindness I love kindness oh. kindness is 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 like the big word in my world and what you do is kindness but just share with us a top of mind kindness whether it's something you were given or you mm. received or you witnessed a top of mind kindness that you can share with everybody today. Um, I don't want to go off topic on this, but it's interesting because I did not know that you were going to ask me that. When I speak to a lot of patients, the one thing that I find that is a challenge and a treatment plan is the ability to be kind to yourself. Yeah. Because you're trying to meet markers. You're trying to feel like, you know, nothing's worse than not feeling 100%. Right. And then I find we go into this kind of berating, why am I not 100%? Right. What's um, wrong with me? What yeah. did I do? I'm blaming yourself for everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So I just really feel like medicine should be infused with kindness, not just the practitioners offering it and supporting patients with it, but also just knowing that that's a, that's a medicine, that's a remedy, is to enact and to engage in some sort of kindness. So... um how I participate in kindness or how do I view it or how do I receive it, I have become, over time, it took me a while to get here, a recipient, a great recipient of compliments and gifts. And I, it's huge for me, not to get into all my personal, like, um, I've always said, which was a foolish thing for me to say in my 20s, that I would rather live on the street than ask someone for help. Ah. Uh. And yeah. um, I have learned to accept any form of kindness. And and I'm going to say this, and I don't, you know, know if this is weird or not, but I get people who will stop random stranger, strangers and pray for me. And Aww. I don't know, you know, I'm like, do I need, what's wrong with me? Do I need, do I look? Do I but take it, <laughs> right? So I had to get out of like, why are these people praying for me? And then I had to understand, like, this is a gift. I believe that when we connect with folks, we're connecting not in a physical plane. Uh, we just are so limited by physical experience that that's all we know to do right. is just to kind of be present physically, you know. I think there's a deeper kind of existence that we all thrive in, whether we know it or not, or whether we choose to move in and out of it. So when those people stop me, and I'm saying this because it's happened pretty frequently in the last year, which I... That's I just cool. and I've just learned to accept it and not think, oh, are they trying to rob me? You know, like what is what this is, you know, 
odd, but now it's like, no, this is a gift. Yeah, it's a gift. It's a gift and I welcomely receive it and I'm thankful for it. And I guess I would say maybe that's be me being kind to myself or understanding that I deserve kindness too. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love it. Well, and I will thank you for my gift. <laughs> Jamila came bearing <laughs> gifts. I got yummy tea and <laughs> seeds and all kinds of good nourishing yummy things that I, I'm going to, I'm looking forward to dinner tonight. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. It's interesting. You said the olive oil and the seeds are fats. So you get another source of, so when your body's tired of all the olive oil, it's like, guess what? We got some seeds that are good for I love it. Oh my gosh. It's some so great. And well, fats. and we were talking about pumpkin seeds because I yes. we used to make those when I was a kid. It was one of I my know. favorite parts of the yes. Halloween season was mm-hmm. getting the pumpkin, digging out all those oh, damn yeah. seeds, <laughs> washing them. But it was yeah. like one of my favorite yeah. things was to do the roasted pumpkin seeds. Because they were so yummy afterwards. You knew how they were going to taste yes. after we got through all that. Yeah. It was like a big part of that whole yeah. childhood experience yeah. of Halloween. So Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Jamila, so much. <laughs> I Thank you for being a guest. Thank you for all that you're bringing to the world. It's Thank you for your kindness. Well, listen, I thank you for this platform. The fact that you're here doing this good work is phenomenal. It's so, fun. Yeah, I it's can like, tell. It's so fun. <laughs> I get to talk to the best people. So, yes, yeah. I love it. Yeah, cool beans. Well, thank you, dear. Thank you. I appreciate it. And everyone out there, you've been listening to Mishmash. So go be kind. Go be kind and eat really good for you food. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Have an awesome one, guys. Love you. Bye. Bye.